Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Weekly Grooves explores topical issues through the lens of behavioral science. Tim and I have worked in the world of behavioral interventions for more than 20 years, and we each have our own consultancies. We also host another podcast called Behavioral Grooves, where we do long-form interviews exploring the application of behavioral science with researchers and practitioners in the field. But in Weekly Grooves, we focus on topics that are purely... Topical. Topical. Yeah, topical topics <laughs> is what we focus on. And for instance, we might talk about political issues or announcements in the business world, or we might focus on a season or a holiday. And in the weeks and years ahead, years ahead, see, I'm thinking thinking long-term here, we will use weekly grooves to share a behavioral perspective on pretty much anything timely that gets our attention. This week, we were struck by the way people were talking about Kobe Bryant after his sudden death in a helicopter crash in which he and eight other people perished, including his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Yeah, it was a tragic event that just impacted so many lives. Nine people's lives ended way too early. Kobe was only 41 years old. It's so sad. And while his life is abundant with really great accomplishments, both on and off the basketball court, he spent some time in the headlines for not so nice things. Uh, And what Kurt and I want to look at today is how we remember them after they've died and even how we think of people as they grow old. Kobe is just one example of how we often look back on people's lives who are recently deceased and end up focusing in on their accomplishments and successes while bypassing some of the negative aspects of their lives. And yet, for some people, we tend to only focus on their worst traits. Kobe had a great many achievements on his part. Five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, NBA MVP, 18-time NBA All-Star. He scored 60 points in his last game. He was an amazing basketball player, but beyond that, he also won an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film that he produced called Dear Basketball, Uh, and he was a dedicated father to four girls, and he talked about being a girl's dad. Yeah, wow. That's all I got to say about that is wow. I know. I mean, he truly was a really amazing person. However, in his past, he had been accused of sexual assault in 2003. And while the criminal case was dismissed, he did settle the civil case in 2005. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, many celebrities are given the benefit of the doubt in the twilight of their lives. Like, you know, Jimmy Carter and George Bush were not exactly universally admired when they were presidents, but they seem to have pretty good images now. Yeah. First off, they're not dead, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And second, research says that we're more likely to remember the bad than good because it's more vivid. It's more emotional. Yeah. Of course, (laughs) no one seems to be lionizing Jeffrey Epstein after his death, (laughs) right? And I'm not advocating, advocating a grand tribute to Mr. Epstein at all. But I haven't heard or read any headlines about how people thought he was a great friend or a great business person or anything like that. Our our memories of Jeffrey Epstein are pretty much locked into a negative cast. Yeah, so in today's episode of Weekly Grooves, we are going to talk about how our memories are shaped. Okay, let's get started. One of the things I wanted to talk about, Tim, is the way that Kobe died. It was tragic. It was this helicopter accident 
uh, he was going to his daughter's basketball tournament or game along with others who were going there. Uh, it wasn't a routine or expected death. And I think that has some shaping of how his memory or his legacy is going to be moving forward. Right. And, and the neuroscience is pretty clear around that, about how emotions impact the, the way that we shape our memories, right? The emotions, uh, I, I think it was, um, it was uh, Benno Rusendahl uh, wrote a great paper uh, on how emotions play a tremendously large oversized role, really, in how we remember things. Right. And, and so the, the aspect that he died tragically, I think, then lends itself into this whoa, that is really sad, and we don't necessarily, we, we look at the tragic part of it and not necessarily examining his life for all of the good and right. bad parts. We're just, we, we tend to get overly focused in on just that aspect. Right. I, I think about Prince's death. While it was technically a drug overdose, the way that it got framed to us was that somehow he sort of accidentally got hooked Right, you know, like there was this. He wasn't a drug user per se. Uh, he got accidentally hooked on this uh, on this well, particular cocktail of stuff, and it was an accidental overdose. That the, you know, uh, that it was all this unintentional stuff that it just happened to him, so to speak, to soften the story because Prince was beloved right. uh, as a performer, as opposed to Epstein, who committed suicide again right. unexpected. But not so tragic. It is itself brought on. And so there's a different twist on that. Right. Right. Absolutely. So it, those are very important things as I think we, we think about how our memories are being shaped at yeah. that point. So I, another thing that I think is really interesting is the messenger effect and, and how we get anchored in on some of these things. By, so, by how that message gets transmitted to us. Right. And so for that perspective, if you look at who is talking about Kobe. It is a number of celebrities and other NBA stars, Shaq, LeBron, other celebrities, and they're jo all... John Legend at the Grammys. John he, Legend even, at the Grammys. They're a very all, emotional and authentic plea. All very positive, you know, again, the tragic component of this when it was, along with the fact that his daughter died with him and these other people. And I think that messenger effect, we we tend to take those messages, we know, right, that we take those messages uh, and believe them more and, and integrate them more into our, our subconscious and our memory. Well, and in the case of Jeffrey Epstein, we didn't have lots of friends and family coming out saying, oh my gosh, he was this beloved father and this wonderful friend. We didn't have those. It was it was very clinical and very much uh, delivered to us by messengers who were behind a desk reading the news. And and it was typically about the negative aspects. They Absol talked about the trial exactly. and and the you know the damage that he had done to all of these women and these girls. Right. So I, I think again that gets anchored into our memory. It does. The the piece too. I I think this is not only just these individual celebrities, but the entire NBA, which is an interesting messenger. So many of the teams in the yeah. NBA started their next game off by taking a 24-second penalty, uh, by holding the ball too long, uh, and 24 was Kobe's number. And the others did an eight-second penalty, which is, again, you got to get the ball over the mid-court line in eight seconds, which is Kobe's other number. Yeah. And so teams would start off, one would take a 24-second penalty, and then the next one would take an eight-second penalty, and then they would actually start their game. But they, they use that to to you know pay tribute to Kobe, and so again that 
is a messenger effect, not just from an individual, but from the NBA and those individual teams. So again, powerful anchoring mechanism for that. Yeah, the messenger, very, very powerful there. So one other aspect that I think we can talk about in, in how memories get formed is that there are some social norms for how we tend to speak of the dead, right? My father always used to say to me, you know, you know, don't say negative things. Don't speak ill of the dead, I think is what he used to say. <laughs> don't right? speak ill of the dead, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I'm and, familiar with that in my own family. And it's a it's a social norm that you you kind of just gloss over some of these negative things. Not always a positive thing, right? No. I mean, particularly in some family situations where bad things have happened and you just don't talk about them and you definitely don't talk about them now that they're dead. Yeah. You know, it's, and, it's, and who wants to talk about Uncle Bert? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know all of those, those aspects. But, but the neuroscience says, that, and all the research says, that the bad things are the things that we more easily remember. I know. Like that is what's more vivid to us. And so that actually comes to the surface more quickly and more readily than all the good things. Right. And so I think there's this dichotomy between, you know, the two different, there's the social norm pushing us not to say things. And there's this vividness of the memory that brings it to the surface easier uh, and brings that out. So uh, again, to that point, I think it's just an interesting aspect of how these memories get shaped and yeah. how will that shape, you know, the overarching memory of Kobe uh, in well, the long run. So it's worth also, it's worth pointing out that our memories are not uh, videotaped uh, programs, right? It's not the movie of what happened. It's a snapshot. And the, some of them are just kind of random. Some is, are because of vividness, but some are just kind of random. Well, and it's a snapshot that, um, then is the snapshot of the snapshot the next time you remember it. <laughs> That's right. and, and it's not the right. digital quality snapshots no, either. It is all of a sudden it, they start degrading and degrading and degrading. And memory is a really interesting facet in just the number of false memories that can be brought in and various different aspects. And so memories do change over time. Yeah. And they are not the set solid piece, even though you believe they are, right? Because that's all we have. Right. I I look back on my memories and I'm pretty sure this happened this way. And my wife will tell you, no, it did not. It (laughs) happened this way. One of us is wrong. Actually, more than likely, both of us are wrong. Exactly. It could be. And so it's a memory is a fluid, ongoing thing. And so how we view people um, in the past after they passed away, it's a, it's a constantly evolving, changing thing. Right. Um, memory retrieval, too, is further complicated by the fact that, that uh, it, it c- continues to dilute. And, you know, it gets weaker over time, right? So, so our our brains are ha- have this snapshot, and as you said, if we go back and we're remembering that snapshot, we're actually creating a snapshot of that snapshot. But those those get weaker and weaker and weaker. So it's it's hard. It's hard to retrieve these things that are fleeting and moving around. Uh, what when uh, one author, um, Gabriel Redvansky, wrote in uh, Human Memory, he said that they're they're like chasing birds. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 Finding a memory is like chasing a bird uh, in an aviary, and I think that that's a great that's a great metaphor to think about how difficult it can be to uh, to actually go back to the original. Right. All right. So let's recap this quickly. Memories are emotionally charged. We remember highly emotional events more than normal everyday elements, and so the tragedy the tragedy of of you know Kobe's death 
is going to make that more vivid for us, right? Um, those emotions can also color our recollection, and the idea of a tragic death certainly impacted how we're going to remember Kobe. Absolutely. The outpouring of condolences and the positive memories from celebrities and the media certainly will have a messenger effect on our memories, right? And the social norm aspect of not speaking ill about the dead also will play a part in there. And as you just mentioned, memories are fluid, right? And right. so they will change and morph with time. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so coming back to Kobe, though, how do you think he'll be remembered? Well, I think Kobe, for the most part, had been able to separate himself from that assault case already. It was not a topic conversation that came up often when people talked about Kobe. So uh, I think... Particularly in the past few years after basketball, when much of his focus has been on his daughters. And for my part, when I heard of his death, I, I immediately thought back to a few weeks ago seeing a video of him uh, at a Lakers game with his daughter Gianna oh, uh, yeah. and how they were talking and laughing and smiling. So for me, that memory is kind of impressed on me. And I think. That's that memory that is going to be burned into my mind, and I think it's going to be burned into a lot of other people's minds. And so I think that he will be remembered for his achievements and as a loving father that he loved being a girl's dad, uh, and I think that's going to be his legacy. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the consensus in social media and sort of in the regular media as well is been virtually universally positive. Uh, and it's all anchored in these great achievements uh, achievements and the goodness and the family and his, his business savvy and all those kinds of things. And I think that they will go down in history uh, much beyond his negative traits. Yeah. Right? Um, but we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do another weekly grooves on this uh, a, a year. year into the, the, the thing. Uh, yeah, definitely so. next year. Let's do it. All right, so that wraps up this episode of Weekly Grooves. And since this is a brand new podcast, we'd very much appreciate a quick review. If you like our approach, please give us a good rating and a quick five stars down in your pod chasing, listening, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. It, is. <laughs> it yes. goes a long way to helping us grow uh, the audience and get the word out there for others. Also, if you want to give us feedback directly, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Tim can be reached at T Houlihan. It's T-H-O-U-L-I-H-A-N. And I can be reached at at what motivates and we would love to hear from you so please do that and thank you